0: So, this morning, we didn't find out the best news um oh. Our beautiful little eggies um did not make it through to the next process, so um you know, we'll see if maybe tomorrow they can freeze a couple and go from there, okay. so we got that going up
1: we'll keep like that. yeah,
0: um if not, we just try it again, so we'll just kind of go okay. one day at a time with that um. Yeah the first thing that popped up in my blue letter Bible recents was Romans eight, which was very interesting. Um, Romans eight one, it says, therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And that's how that verse ends for the law of the spirit of the life of the life. in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. And, uh, just want to park it there. Um, I don't know, the first thing I thought about was um, just my past and maybe some of the things that I have done in sin that it maybe be uh, caused, maybe, or not maybe, just, you know, that may have caused some of today's outcomes. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking about. Um, and if that may be or not be, it's a possibility, could or not. But regardless of that, there's no condemnation for me in Christ. If it had something to do with me or not. Um, those are facts. You know, and I could wallow in my mental turmoil or I can confess truth. And so that's just what I can do right now. Mm-hmm. Is there is uh, no condemnation for any of us that are in Christ. And there's uh, somebody who was a substitute for the things that I've done in the past, and His name is Jesus Christ, and I can choose to believe that tonight, and um, and walk in the law of the Spirit, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is uh, good to hear. You know, that's a that's a good day, and so uh, I'm gonna park it there because I think I'm gonna let God speak to me tonight and go from there. So okay. here we go, man.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, that's um.
2: beautiful confession Matt we're not our sin we're not our worst day we're not our best day um Psalm 62 says truly my soul waits upon God for him comes my salvation he only is my rock and my salvation he's my defense I shall not be greatly moved my soul waits upon God for my expectation is from him He only is my rock and my salvation, he is my defense, I shall not be moved. In God is my strength, I'm sorry, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in him. Trust in him at all times, pour out your heart before him. God's a a refuge for us. Trust not in an oppression and become not vain in, in, in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon him. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs unto him. Also unto you, O Lord, be, belongs mercy, for you rendered to every man according to his, his work. And I would like to read. Rejoice always in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, Lord the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And just that verse has always been, you know, a place of safety to go to when I'm going through something intense. When everything externally in our lives, you know, hit the fan or whatever you want to call it, you know, we can go to the scriptures and we find our rest there in Philippians 4-7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts. It will guard our heart. God wants us to pour our heart out to Him in Psalm 62-8. We can cast our cares on him first Peter five seven and leave everything in in his hands and the peace of God will guard our hearts and mind through Christ and this peace is the the peace we experience and we can enjoy you know as Christians as believers through the storms and through the darkness and in the eye of the Hurricane, right where it's still, um, and it, and it's a peace that passes all understandings, which is Proverbs thirty five and six. And you know when we have that peace, we can have the mind of Christ, and every thought will be brought into the captivity of Christ. We can just leave all our all the burdens or cares at Christ's feet. Romans eight thirty two, he has freely given us all things, and so we will rest in his promise, in the promise that God has for us, because he cannot deny himself. Second Timothy two thirteen, and things confront us in the life. Just don't lose hope, and Christ is our only hope. You know, he's our only guarantee of anything good in this life yet but anything good in eternity, salvation with him and hope in him, you know, Psalm 62.
1: This, this one thing that I know uh, through the scriptures, that's why we give, uh, just so you folks know, that's why when we give the chapters and verses as the Holy Spirit brings them back, they're yours just as much as mine, right? And it's the same... Sp- Spirit that will, Holy Spirit that will speak through them. And that's why we give them like that. Because that's what the Word of God is made up of. If you speak a message, you're going to give uh, those verses. The chapters and verses, you know, the numbers, those aren't the very important things. But the substance of what they say are extremely important. And then if I understand Isaiah 28, 10 to 13, line upon line, precept upon precept, that's going to involve giving those so that we can have a full thought. So, for instance, say we are a witness, we've witnessed something. Say, for instance, like um, you might have witnessed someone do a good deed, or you may have witnessed someone do something bad, and then you appear in court and you're gonna give a testimony because you were, you were a witness. And there could be several witnesses that saw the same thing. And they would stand up and be sworn in, they'd be cross-examined, and they would give their testimony as witnesses to the particular case. And then the judge retaking all of that, he would preponder. he would go into his chambers after and he would preponder the whole case based upon the evidence, and it's the same thing when when uh, with the word of God. Uh, I, I just know that uh, a man that was my pastor for thirty-something years, Pastor Stevens. I mean, he he would quote that word, didn't he? Anyone that would know them and certain others uh, that I know and uh, i had the the beauty of of not cross-examining him just simply receiving the truth even for things that i didn't understand the basis of my questions wouldn't be antagonistic or or coming from a source of insecurity they would just be because i just wanted to know i just wanted to know the truth and it wasn't it didn't come from and even the fellowship with with the gifts that we have, it didn't come from a competitive spirit. You know, we're not in are we? We're not in competition with anybody. We certainly are in cooperation, and then we have fellowship. Um, but it, just in my mind, it, you know, you know, the, if we preponder the scriptures for our lives, and we do, and when we do, I should say. God has given us the greatest evidence. He's given us phenomenal evidence. First, God gave his son, and in giving his son to us, and him doing that, I mean, if you ask a dad or a father, if you ask them, you gave them the choice, either give yourself or give your son, what do you think that they would do? A, a, a godly dad. He would take the place. It would be even more to give your only son. Because in doing so, it was the fulfillment of his whole thought and his whole plan. His whole plan. This I know for all of our lives. And we we have these times and, and they're trying and we never should compare some of the things that we go through with others. Um, I think when we go through things. And 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 when in Psalm forty two seven it says, The deep calls unto the deep. Uh, God is revealing the depth of his plan for us. And and when we think we hit the bottom, I've been there quite a bit when I thought I was at my bottom, but we know that in Deuteronomy thirty three, verse twenty-seven, underneath are his eternal arms. So really, he never allows us to hit the bottom because he's underneath the bottom of our bottom. And he loves us with hashak, a love that will never let us go. Also, in Deuteronomy 32, and verse 4, his plan is perfect. I may not always see that. We may not always see that. But his plan is perfect. It has to be because he gave us his only son. And yes, there's, there's t- trying times and, and times and the things that we go through. I remember going through sometimes some of the, the deepest times that I've ever been through. And it wasn't so much. Uh, it, it could be a word spoken in season, you know, in, in, uh, in the scriptures. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Fitly spoken, and this time, but there's other times when a person just needs to show up and comfort us. And we have a comforter, all of us do. We have two. We have two comforters. And as I was just pondering those thoughts, as I was thinking of others and. Um, I'm thinking of Matt and Lacey and this time coming, this this day, and of course um, with the pregnancy of uh, Cynthia, and and just thinking of these certain things in prayer, and just uh, it's interesting when you give yourself, as it says in Acts six verse four, uh, we'll give ourselves to prayer. It's really what you're doing in in that sense is is you're giving yourself to God so you can get. His thoughts about that person In that situation uh, The depth of it that it's in and, and sometimes When we don't have wisdom It just means we just pray Prayer is so huge Or just show up and love somebody Because wisdom might mean I'm just quiet And, and, uh, you know, and there's a quiet love And assurance and, and an understanding But this I do know As Matt was sharing Romans eight, and and again in that in in that particular scripture, in Romans eight verse one, it's very clear in the original languages, and it's there is therefore now whence now that's who we are in Christ, there is therefore now, no, condemnation. Who you condemn someone in a courtroom because they've been found to be guilty. There is no guilt and there's no condemnation, none whatsoever. Now, this one thing I do know, this is what I do know, and I believe it's the case, is that in Revelations 12 and verse 10, he is an accuser of the brethren. And the reason he would accuse us of thoughts, and when we talk about our past, I remember sharing about, I don't know how many years ago, was in the... um, Oh, what was that hotel? La Quinta. I would tell people, it's, it's, it's La Quinta, and they'd say, no, it's ridiculous. It's La Quinta. And I said, Well, okay. But many, many years ago, you know, we met there, and I remember having the thoughts about how God, we don't have a past in Christ. It's been dealt with. Not that he doesn't use it, but it's never included in any guilt or condemnation because there isn't any in Christ there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ rest of the verse does not belong there it's an interpolation an interpolation simply means something was put there for the lack of trying to put something better or it doesn't belong there and in every Greek every Greek manuscript or the Koine Greek New Testament it's not there It just doesn't. And it's not that God doesn't know all things. We I used to hear uh, certain things, certain teachings, that, um, yes, yes, God knows all things, but his knowing submits to his power, and in that sense, he forgets. Well, then he wouldn't know all things. The fact of the matter is, is the scriptures make it abundantly clear. He just... Doesn't treat us after it. Doesn't. He treats us after his son. And in his son, remember in Hebrews 2, verse 11, it makes it very, very clear that both both he that sanctifies, and sanctifies means to set apart, you've been set apart into Christ, both he that sanctifies, that's what Christ, that's who he is and what he does, and those who are sanctified. And those words mean holy, that position. Do we always act that way according to our character? No, but that is how we are. And so both he that sanctifies and them that are sanctified, it says, are all of what? One. So for us to experience guilt or condemnation, it would have to be that Christ didn't finish it fact of the matter is he never would have rose from the dead. Father never would have raised him from the dead if that had been the case, if there had been a little speck of it. And that's why it says in Hebrews 2 and verse 12, he is not ashamed to call us what? Brethren, there's no shame involved. If there was condemnation and there was guilt, there would be some form of shame attached to it fact of the matter is, he's an accuser of the brethren. And the reason is, is because it's not who you are anymore. It just isn't. It really and truly isn't. And I, I don't know, you know, personally, I don't know. And, and you know, when, when you truly put yourself and you just give yourself over to God in prayer for someone, and the Holy Spirit gives you uh, in those thoughts. And that's, again, we have a comforter. We have two, as we said. In John 14, and verse 16, remember what Jesus said, I will give you another comforter. He's the comforter in heaven. That's what he is. Christ is interceding for us and comforting us. That's literally what he's doing. And, and as a matter of fact, in Hebrews 7, Verse twenty-five. It says he is he. When in certain translations, like the King James, it says he ever lives to make intercession. No, he is a living intercessor with abundant life that he sees in himself and in us, and he intercedes for us. And even when it says he intercedes for us again in Romans eight, verse thirty-four, in that beautiful chapter that you spoke about, Matt. Fact of the matter is. He he not only intercedes for us knowing what we're going to face even before we face it, and it's not even so much an area of sin, okay? And it might be, it might be, it could be in his anticipative love that he sees things, that he sees things. And, but he anticipates everything even before we get there. He's already, before the disappointment, before the letdown, he's already interceding for, for us from heaven. And the reason is, is because he had a human nature. He knows what it's like to, to experience disappointment and, and, and rejection and all those things. He understands those things in perfect humanity. Can you imagine what they, and also everything that he saw, that sin was causing, it went into him and it had a great, uh, you know, great effect on him. So he's interceding for us and, and, and we have one in the heaven, but we also have in Romans 8, verse 26, we also have the Holy Spirit, it says, who intercedes for us and he does so on the earth. The reason, the Holy Spirit, where is he located? Of course, always in God, just like the Son when he had humanity. He never left the bosom of the Father. You can't separate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their deity. But in Christ's humanity, in his absence, he went to heaven to intercede for us, knowing everything that we're going to go through. Because he's our personal plan. Literally, each of us. But we have in his absence on the earth the Holy Spirit, who's also a comforter. And when it says that in Romans eight verse twenty six, when all we can do because we can't even articulate sometimes the pain or the depth of the things that we're going through could be for us, ourselves could be a lot of I think that our deep groaning can be you know about sin, our own failures, and which the enemy tries to make us bleed over, which we're not, you know, which we're not, because there isn't any condemnation in Christ. But we could be groaning over disappointment and, and, and failed plans that we think, you know, so forth. And, and what it says there in Romans 8, verse 26, when, he, when we groan, when you study that out in the preponderance of many, many scriptures, when you study that out, what it's saying is we can only groan. It's so deep, we can't even put words to the depth of what we're going through about ourselves or about another. And what it says there is the holy spirit the comforter he and they could enter into prayers those groanings and god understands that language just like we've like god has given us these the, the word and messages about tears and how tears are a language in themselves there each for each tear, like uh, anger, tears of anger, tears of joy, uh, they all have a different chemical makeup, but they speak a language. And maybe just that groans—we just we can't even articulate it, but and we groan. And and even those prayers—I uh, think one of my favorite prayers. I think it's um. 119.86b. It just literally says, help thou me, help you me. Help, help, and groan. And that we can offer up that prayer in that way. But what it's, what it's teaching is the Holy Spirit will take that beyond our language and articulation. And who does he, who does he bring that to? The one who felt those things in Jesus wept in John 11, verse 35. Before he wept, he groaned in John eleven thirty three, And he was doing so in identification with those that were groaning and crying and weeping over the loss of a loved one. What a comforter we have. That this is the one thing I do know, the one thing I do know. And, and I'm going to grow in it continually. And it's going my, and he's going to test my faith dependence on him. His plan in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. And his work is perfect. It is. I often thought of this, and I, th- I think I've shared on it in years past. And I believe there's a lot of truth to it. We're going to thank God more, I think, for unanswered prayer which we didn't think was answered, than we would for answered prayer. Because he knows the end from the beginning. In Isaiah 46, verse 10. He knows. Listen, all, he knows his works, all his works from the beginning. That includes every detail. In Acts fifteen, eighteen. that includes every single detail about our lives individually. And he knows when, where and how to do everything, because what does it involve? First and foremost, everything that Christ is in his person and everything that he accomplished, first and foremost, what, it is have, what does it have to do with? Pertaining to you and I, it has to do with the glory of God, it does. And then there is blessing, and, but then we can, we can when we give ourselves in prayer for each other about these issues we can we can we can honestly weep and those are beautiful scriptures and and we can rejoice and we can we can weep together and and what a privilege that is to be able to do that you know prayer i think is so very vital and something i know for a fact i need to grow more and more and deeply in and give myself over to it because honestly it is extremely selfless it truly is. I thought this morning with just different things that we all deal with, health issues and and different things, loved ones and 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 things, and a lot of things for a lot of us are behind the scenes. We 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 have we don't even talk about to each other. But we, we have those. And we have those issues and those and those things in our life. But I I just was thinking and and with certain things and issues that I'm going through, and you know, like we all do. And then the thought came to me, and I just wrote it right down on my little blotter, and I said, well, this is my choice pertaining to my life in every detail. And I think of it like, I have to understand this, and I'm growing in it with with all of us. And you know, we get to grow in it together, because what you folks go through in love, it, it touches us. It really does, and and um, so in that sense, you know, I, I just I just said to God, you know, as I was thinking things, and then I could I could get, I started to get overwhelmed because I was starting with thinking with things, and I became very self conscious and not God conscious, and I stopped, and it, the thought came to me, and, and it was like. I can be a vessel for self or a vessel for Christ. And I know one thing oh my God. The vessel for self, whew, it's horrendous. It's just not, but a vessel for Christ, it's a beautiful privilege. You know, prayer is a, is a privilege. But it, it's going to be, and thank God. Thank God. I mean, it is extremely selfless. And it's a beautiful place to be in just to be so lost in his thoughts about somebody else and what they're going through and, and where they are. And I think it's very beautiful um, in, in these sense, in these senses of, of the things that we go through um, with each other and the things that we go through uh, for each other. And what a privilege we have in the scriptures. All through the scriptures and, and many different portions. When one weeps, we all weep. It's the truth. Because there's a oneness involved. And that, that is developed, I honestly believe, as we give ourselves to prayer. We may not even know how to pray for each other. And, and I don't think in most cases, I know I don't. I don't. But God does. And I can become a, a, a vessel to join him in prayer for one another and and just participate in his thoughts. And it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. And God will give us the grace to make that adjustment. We can't make any adjustments apart from grace. We, I, I just know that I can't. I can't. And that's why humility and the submission of, of my will is so very vital. And again, as we said, I remember reading this, back in in certain, uh, certain men of God. I remember reading this in 1840. This man said this about humility. He said, humility is not thinking too highly of yourself. It's not thinking too lowly of yourself. It's not thinking of yourself at all. That's the place that God has to bring us to so that we will even get to the place to receive something which is grace that we don't deserve. And and again, I think it's such a beautiful uh, privilege just to be able to uh, to pray for one another, to to weep with one another. Uh, and just to, just to go through uh, these things together. And, and I I know this again here. Um, we can do that in the scriptures we can do that in in a very beautiful way and it's it's it's, prayers a necessity isn't it it is because you know because prayer even for us what is god constantly teaching me and and when i enter into prayer for another he's always teaching me dependence and dependence when i depend on him then i'm free when I'm depending on him, when he's my object, when he's my complete object. And Juddiel brought that out too. I just think it's beautiful, uh, the portions, honestly. I don't care. It didn't matter how long or short they were. They were really, they were really beautiful, and I was able to get some beautiful thoughts from them. He mentioned Proverbs <clears throat> 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord. With what? All your mind. That means every thought and the word trust there in the Hebrew is batach and it's B-A-T-A-C-H and that means attached when I trust God when I trust him and it's what you have said too um, he's the burden bearer in 1 Peter 5 verse 7 and what we do is when we put all of our cares through trust all of our cares into his heart He puts all of his peace and security in mind. And I can rest, and I can trust him, and I can, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I just don't fear. There's no fear, because I know that God's for me. And so, when we have these thoughts of disappointment or fear, these different things that we go through, when I trust him, with my will, what he does is he breaks the thought that's not of him, that's attached to us, and he replaces it with himself. That's literally what Proverbs 3 and verse 5 is teaching. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lab, your mind, every thought, let it be him. And then the result will be, I won't lean to my own understanding. You know, Again, are we saying there won't be, There'll never be any disappointments or any, of course. Of course there will be. But we have a a comforter, one in heaven who's interceding for us. Right? Just think we can join in prayer with him. To give ourselves to prayer. I can join in with him and his thoughts for another. Boy, what a place to be. The, The greatest place to be for us. And sometimes when we can't do that for each other, boy, when we can't, don't we need that? No wonder it says in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, two are better than one. And a threefold cord, that's Christ between. is not easily broken. And uh, we have that privilege. We have that privilege uh, to take those things, you know. And there is, is Ecclesiastes in the third chapter. A, there is a time for laughter. And then there's a time when we just, you know, a sober time. There's times when we need to be sober and, 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 and mourn with others too. You know Those are those times. And God handpicks them for us. It's just we have to submit our will. But I think the, the greatest place to be for ourselves and for each other is just constant dependence, you know, constant dependence on him. And depend on him for everything. And not lean to our own understanding. Right? And then in all our ways, when I don't lean to my own understanding, in Proverbs 3, 6, what do I do? In all my ways, what? I acknowledge who? Him. Him. And then what? He will direct my paths. I loved what you said. I was very broken when you, you were sharing that. I loved what you said. Just gonna keep, you're gonna just keep trusting, and you're gonna keep doing it. And I don't know what God has for you, but I do know that He's for you. There's no question about it. He is for you. Psalm 56, verse 9, it says, When I cry out, when all my enemies come against me, enemies of fear, doubt, and all these things, discouragement, when I cry unto God. And then my enemies turn back. For this I know, God is for me. And in the verse before that, in Psalm 56, verse 8, he bottles every one of our tears. And what that means is he, he completely understands them. They speak a language to him. And, and they speak a huge language uh, to him. And it's a beautiful thought as we close tonight. That's a beautiful thought that we can have. That God is literally so for us. And I don't know. I don't know. But I love the trust that's speaking volumes. Your, 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 and, and and your complete trust through disappointment, through hurt, just bringing him glory. Bringing him glory. And, and just what that must mean to him. And... And to the angels who bend low in 1 Peter 1 12 and look into us, and look at us through sorrow, through pain, just, just trusting him. And I don't know, again, what God has, but I do know this. God can do anything. He can do anything. He can do anything. If he can give a 99-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man a child, he can do it. But no matter what, there isn't any condemnation or guilt involved in it, because this is what I also know. When you come to the end, you see in Genesis, the 16th chapter, when Abraham didn't wait for God, he didn't wait for God, and he listened to his wife, then he ended up having a relation with Hagar, her handmaid, and there's where we get all the, the Arabs. <laughs> and here's where all your terrorists, seriously. He listened to her. And as a result, here's the father of our faith. If we believe, we're following the pattern of Abraham, did you know? He's the father of all in that sense. Of all those that absolutely believe God and trust in him. Yet, yet, there was failure in his life. And there was 13, he was 89, he was 86 years old, I think. Yeah, 86. And then there was 13, when you come to the end of the 16th chapter in Genesis, there were 13 silent years. 13 years. He, did, he didn't, he wasn't in fellowship. It brings it out clear. He was not in fellowship with God because of his failure, sin, and, and so forth. And you know what it says? And there wasn't even a record of repentance. He hadn't even changed his mind yet. No wonder God always has to take the initiative for all of us. Otherwise, we would stay in some of these darkest, worst places. I know I would, if he hadn't taken initiates, initiations with me. I can tell you that right now. But in the 17th chapter, in the first word, Verse, he said to him, I am. He told him, he said, I am. Listen, and it's personal. The Lord, your God, almighty, stand up. Get up. Stand up and walk before me. And trust me. You remember, you remember Jacob. He thought he lost his two sons. Again, I I, I don't know what God's plan is for people. But this I do know. God does. And it's perfect. It's perfect. In 2 Samuel 22 and verse 31. It's perfect. Read Psalm 18. It's perfect in Psalm 1830. He can, we we can be so low and down and then he can lift us up and he can give us, I think it's the 34th verse in that Psalm, hind's feet. I can jump over, it's like I spring over the deepest trial. And again, I just I just loved what what you said, and I was so for you and with you, and uh, and so for you, your your precious wife with, with her tears and, and crying inside myself, and uh, holding back a burst, <laughs> especially when you were sharing, and uh, I just I I had just seen God come through for me, when I thought it was over, and. Uh, you know, when I thought I'd never love again or be loved again in a certain way. And uh, I walked around like a dead man and uh, for a couple of years. But boy, God had something in store for me. And uh, I know His plan is perfect for you folks and for all of us, each of us, every single person here. Because it all has to do with His Son. God does not have a plan Our our loving Father does not have a plan outside His Son because in Him giving His Son, He gave it, He first was giving it to Himself. Did you know that? In Him investing and providing for us, He invested in Himself and His own glory. That's why His plan can't fail and won't fail. We fail, but thank God we're not our failures. And when the enemy Comes in like a flood. In Isaiah 59, verse 19, it's the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him and he flees. He flees. And no weapon, in Isaiah 54, verse 17, that is formed against us will prosper. And that enemy loves to use doubt, fear, guilt. He does. But God is greater in us. And he's greater in all of us than that lying so-and-so. And I love the fact that we can be for each other and be in it together. Right, right till we see him face to face. Amen. That yeah. loves he loves everybody here deeply. And uh as much as I can in him, I love you too and I'm keeping you in prayer so Father thank you for these uh, these portions tonight I just pray you give your and you said you would please Lord like John sometimes in, in really honestly it's all we can do in, in John 13 uh, 23 John would just constantly lay his head on Jesus' breast it was the most comfortable pillow that he could ever lay, and we could ever lay our head. And it's still the same. There's plenty of room for us there, too. And when we do, we hear his heartbeat. That's what John was doing. That's why he could talk about him. That's why the Holy Spirit could use him him to express Christ as he walked the earth, like he used Paul to express the heavenly Christ. Because he always laid his head on Jesus' heartbeat. And every beat that he heard, no matter the lies from the enemy, the deceit and accusations, the heartbeat was, I love you. I love you. And I just pray for, I pray for Mad and Lacey and just to comfort them. You said in Psalm 127, verses 2 and 3, you give your beloved sleep and I just pray. You give them a, a beautiful rest. And uh, I pray for, for um, uh, Jardiel, for his grandfather, and I, I know his heart's desires for his grandfather. And I'm just praying for all those loved ones that surround him and that you would, and again, that you would give them comfort and give Jardiel comfort and, and for Cynthia also as she is one with her husband and I'm sure these issues in her life too. And I just pray um, for her pregnancy also. I just pray for everybody, Father, in, in this room and uh, those that are that are hearing and you know what they are. And uh, I just pray you just give us a peaceful, restful, beautiful night. And I think sometimes uh, the greatest counsel that we can give if we don't have wisdom is just to pray and, and to love someone and let them lay their head on our breast and let them hear the heartbeat of Jesus coming through us, saying, I love you. Everything is secure and safe. My plan is perfect. And I'm leading you through, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In Jesus' name, amen.